You've outgrown your home, you need a bigger one, or you really want to be in a different neighborhood. How are you going to have the time to move? And what about high interest rates? And how much money can you get for your house? And how are you going to keep it clean for showings? Or should you even sell it? Should you turn it into a rental? Hey guys, my name's Ryan Jenkins with Gray Rock Realty. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Today we're going to talk all about how to make the moving process dramatically easier using something we call the total certainty method. And this method is particularly geared towards families with kids, but even if that's not you, I guarantee there's going to be a ton of useful information in this podcast. So again, thanks for tuning in. You know, thinking about moving is overwhelming for anyone, but for busy families with kiddos especially, even though they desperately need more space, they often delay moving for years. But moving doesn't have to be so hard. We're going to show you how you can move your entire house in two days without lifting a finger. Literally, when I did this, I put my toothbrush and some clothes in a backpack and literally everything else was moved for me. We're going to show you how you can sell your house without putting up with any showings at all. How you can get your house ready to sell without doing all the work. You know, I think because of all the complexity and time typically involved in the moving process, people tend to put off the move for months or years. You know, they they need more bedrooms and bathrooms and a home office, or they really want to be in a different neighborhood. You know, they have that desire to move. It's really strong, but the thought of going through all this stuff, you know, keeps them from doing it or just put it off and put it off and put it off. I know it was like that for us. Um, at the time we moved, we had three kids under five and the five of us were living in a 1200 square foot house. And we thought about moving for about two years before we actually did it. And part of that was waiting for the right house. And we're going to talk more about that later, but most of it was overwhelm. It was, I don't know how we're ever going to get all this stuff done. You know, we, our kids are not the kind of kids that just like sit around and let us, you know, pack up all of our stuff. You know, also the financial uncertainty, um, associated with it was another thing. And we're going to talk more about that as well. But, you know, once we did move, we couldn't believe that we waited so long. It felt absolutely incredible, um, to have the space that we needed. We, we found a a house with a huge yard on a quiet street. We were close to the Pooter trail. Um, before we had been on a busy street that was a big thing for us big lot on a quiet street and also entertaining you know I can't overstate how good it feels to have a house that we feel comfortable entertaining in we used to feel embarrassed to have company over because we were in this tiny space with a tiny kitchen and we've got two boys that are very high energy so they're bouncing off the walls and we noticed that you know we felt like people were like leaving dinner parties early and we just didn't feel comfortable you know, having so many people in such a small space. Um, and so having that space is just, it's, we can't believe we, we put it off for so long. So, um, you know, that, those experiences going through it with clients for, for so many years and going through it myself, um, was the genesis of creating this method, you know, really providing solutions for the, the pain points that people experience, um, during a move. So let's talk about those pain points first, and then we will start to talk about the solutions. So first is the financial uncertainty of moving. How much can we get for our house? How much exactly is the new house going to cost, especially with interest rates being really high and then kind of bouncing up and down right now? 
um, financial uncertainty is a huge, a huge one. And then kind of going along with that, should we rent our house or should we sell it? Which makes the most financial sense? Or can we be landlords? What does that look like? Should we do that? You know, I think a lot of folks see the writing on the wall with Northern Colorado and, and know that owning a home long-term here is probably going to work out uh, really well, but they're trying to wrap their head around um, what that looks like financially. And so we'll, we'll get into that. Also, not seeing the home that we want, right? We, we kind of have had low inventory in Northern Colorado for a long time. The selection is not great in any given time. So how do you deal with that? Are you going to find the right house? Um, and then how are we going to find the time to pack all of our stuff and move? That for me, um, you know, being a, a business owner and, you know, just having the schedule that I have. And I know obviously I'm not the only one that's in that situation. When you have young kids and you're running a business, like there's not a lot of margin <clears throat> and the thought of packing up all the stuff just seemed impossible. And then how are we going to find the time to get the house ready, right? To rent or sell. And how are we going to put up with all the showings, you know, keep the house clean. How long are we going to have to do that? Um, we're going to show you how most of our clients do not ever worry about this. So that's kind of in a nutshell, the outline of the podcast. So let's start to jump in first, um, financial certainty. Um, we initially, we have what we call a financial certainty meeting. So there's two different meetings. Really the first one is a meet and greet. So go out, meet you, see the house really is what we're, what we're trying to do. Um, and then the second meeting is where we kind of get down to brass tacks as far as the numbers. Most people have played around with a mortgage calculator. They have a rough idea, but it's very different to kind of play around with a mortgage calculator compared to actually seeing real world numbers. For example, if I'm, if I'm on Google right now, I Google 30 year mortgage rate. It tells me that the rate is 8%, but actually right now our clients are locking in mortgages at about 7%. So you don't always have the best information if you're just kind of playing around on the web. And so also taking particular properties, you know, a lot of what we do is take a house that you might be interested in or just a theoretical house and say, hey, here's what the taxes, the insurance, the mortgage at today's rates, how much you're looking at put to put it down on the property. And then also a big thing for a lot of folks is they're trying to figure out whether it makes sense to rent their current house. You know, they want that to have that investment property over the long term. And, you know, I think most people know that it makes sense to have an investment property. They know that the tenant is paying down the mortgage and that over time things appreciate and all that stuff. But they don't they haven't quantified those numbers. And we have a spreadsheet that helps you take the, you know, the mortgage, the fact that you're paying down the mortgage over time, the fact that you're getting some cash flow, right? Most people just look at the cash flow like, okay, I'm going to make the tenant's going to pay me $600 a month more than my mortgage payment. But what they're not <clears throat> factoring in is the fact that they're paying down the mortgage over time. Usually it's about five, $600 a month in year one. And that number actually gets bigger um, as time moves on and also appreciation. <clears throat> so you're really not getting 
you know, for me, I like to quantify things, especially in the financial space. I don't want to just say, hey, this is, I think this is going to be a good investment over the long term. I want to be able to say, if I'm going to put a tenant in the property at this rental rate, that's the other thing that we help folks with is say, hey, this is what your house would rent for in today's market. So being able to tell them what it will rent for, and then if you have $200,000 of equity in that house, what the actual return on that $200,000 is going to be because you could sell that house, right? And that's a big chunk of equity. So we have to say, okay, this is the amount of cash flow and this is the amount of mortgage buy down and this is the appreciation that we're projecting for this house. You know, obviously we have to we have to estimate the appreciation. We're not going to know exactly. But when we quantify all those things, we can say this is the actual annual rate of return that you're going to get on this $200,000. And I know that most folks don't do that because it's, you know, it's complicated. We actually had to, you know, uh, find somebody to create the spreadsheet for us because we didn't, we couldn't find what we wanted anywhere else. So I think it's really cool. And I think, you know, even if you're not like super into numbers, to me, that helps you understand what the actual return is on the on the investment property if you do it and then also okay let's say we sell it how much are we going to get out of the sale and then if we put that as a down payment towards the new house you know how much is that going to drop our payment and then you compare that to the the return that you're going to get um, on the investment property usually the cash flow on the investment property is similar to the amount of payment reduction you're going to get if you were to sell but what you're not factoring in is the fact that you're going to pay down that mortgage hundreds of dollars every month and then the appreciation. So that's the difference. And for the folks that do um, end up holding that property as a rental, those two numbers are why they do it. So quantifying that stuff um, is a huge part of the puzzle. It helps people give people certainty to see real world numbers on that new mortgage for the price points that they're shopping in um, instead of just kind of spitballing it. And then, you know, if you don't have this certainty when you're shopping, I know it was like that uh, for, for a lot of my clients before that we would do this meeting, they just didn't really know. They were kind of guessing. And so I can assure you it's a very different feeling to shop knowing what your payment's going to be knowing that you can afford a house. That's why this meeting is so important. And then the second part of this is, you know, after this meeting is getting the approval done from with a mortgage lender. If you don't have an approval, this, so this is a very common thing. People spend months and months shopping on Zillow. They know they're going to buy. They know that they can qualify. They've bought a home before. They've got savings, they've got jobs, they've got good credit. And they're like, I don't want to pull my credit because I don't want a credit ding. It's going to drop my credit two points. So all of a sudden, this amazing house pops up and they're, oh my gosh, let's go see it. They press the button on Zillow or go to the open house, whatever. And they want to offer on it. And then they realize, well, we don't have approval. So they call their mortgage lender mortgage lender doesn't pick up the first time or maybe they're on vacation, whatever the case may be. And then they're like, Oh, uh, we haven't filed our taxes. You know, I mean, this is like, I cannot tell you how many homes have been lost because of this exact situation. It, 
the amount of hearts, the amount of home buyer hearts that have been broken because people shop without an approval letter. And guys, that that little credit ding, don't worry at all about it. So many people also, you know, they they were like, I have great credit. I have 800 plus credit. But when they actually pull it, they realize that they missed a payment or for something. Maybe they didn't even miss a payment. Maybe it's just a mistake. Their credit drops below 720. And so they're not getting the best interest rate they could get. You, and you can fix those things, but it takes time. So that two-point credit ding should not in any way, shape, or form keep you from getting your approval early in the process. Also, another pain point, you know, folks are saying, I can't find the right house. You know, I'm looking on Zillow. I don't see exactly what I want. We are in a low inventory environment. We have been, Northern Colorado never has, you know, an abundance of homes on the market. You know, in certain sections of the market, if you're looking at new construction, you know, uh, you can you can find areas where there's a lot of, of inventory, but for the most part, inventory is low. And the solution to that is looking at homes over a long period of time. This is especially apparent when we have clients come in from out of town. They are here for like a week and they're like, well, we looked at, you know, three or four homes, but none of those work. And it's like, yeah, you cannot, it's really hard to come into this market and look for, you know, a period of a couple of weeks and find a great house. Sometimes it happens, but people find the, the best homes, the right homes when they shop over a long period of time. For some people that could be two months. Our average client takes them about three months to find a house but sometimes it takes six months. Occasionally it takes longer than that. But what you want to put yourself, you want to put yourself in the ideal situation, which is you don't have like a drop dead date that you have to find a home by. You know, you want to prepare yourself to be able to strike. And doing that is basically getting your financing in order and being able to pull the trigger immediately when you see something um, and then just waiting. You know, you're you're just waiting for the right home to come up. And that's the recipe for, you know, finding a great property. And obviously, you know, we're talking about folks that already live here and need to sell a house and buy buy a new one. Um, and it's a little bit different for people that relocating here because of a job. They don't always have that luxury. But for the folks that do that are just basically like, let's get all of our ducks in a row with our financing and then let's pull the trigger when the right one comes along. Um, that's the, the recipe for success and for finding, um, an awesome house. So the final thing, as far as financial certainty goes, is the interest rate conundrum right now. Obviously rates are really high. Um, they've fallen. They were, you know, at the time of this podcast, which is we're December 1st, 2023, um, rates are at about 7%. They were at 8%. So they've come down significantly and they've come down really fast. They came down um, in about 30 days, a full point. So that's great. Um, but here's the rub. The amount of homes that have been bought and sold has been pretty low over the last year um, because of the high interest rates. So there's a lot of pent up demand. There's a lot of people that need to move. But they just don't want to spend the money on you know an eight percent interest rate obviously understandable fair enough but what's gonna start to happen assuming interest rates come down and no be a, be wary of anyone that's telling you exact 
exactly when interest rates are going to be at what period of time. Nobody thought, very few people were projecting that they would get as high as they did as fast as they did. And I think similarly, you should be leery of anybody telling you they, oh, you know, in 2024, interest rates are going to be at five and a half. Certainly possible, but, you know, nobody knows. So, but my point is that as rates come down, especially if they get down into the mid sixes, we're going to see, certainly if they get into the fives, it's not going to take... Interest rates don't have to be, you know, back at like three or four percent for this market to really heat up because so many people have been putting off a move. Um, so essentially, what what's going to happen is that I believe that once interest rates get back into what people perceive to be a somewhat reasonable or manageable rate for them, and I think for a lot of folks that's going to be in the sixes, the market is really going to heat up. And, you know, we saw this in 2022 um, rates uh, were in the sixes and the market was still pretty competitive. So the question we that we're kind of posing to our clients right now, and it kind of depends on their financial situation, is do you want to buy right now and have very little competition and be able to get a property under contract fairly easily, but you have to pay this really high interest rate? Or do you want to wait? until rates have fallen down into a more manageable range but you know a whole bunch of people are back into the market because rates have gotten better and i think you know the easiest way to quantify this is to say okay let's say i'm getting a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage and rates are at seven right now and if they drop to six i'm going to save five thousand dollars a year on my mortgage right but at the same time, if I wait until rates get down, I'm probably going to pay more for that house and potentially be in a bidding war kind of situation. And so let's say it takes, let's say you buy the house right now at 7% and you could wait, theoretically, let's say two years from now. So over that two-year time, you would have saved, <clears throat> if you would have waited you wouldn't have paid that $5,000 a month in additional interest, but two years down the road, you're in a bidding war. It's very easy to assume that that bidding war could run the price of that house up at least $10,000, if not $20,000. So I really think that it's probably in a lot of situations going to be a wash, right? You're either going to pay the higher interest now or if you wait until interest rates drop and you get the lower mortgage in the future, but you're also having to pay more for that house because of a competitive situation. You don't have to like drive yourself crazy trying to analyze this. What it, what it essentially boils down to is that people just need to start the process and get pre-qualified and start shopping for homes. The right home will come at the right time. And if you can't afford a house right now at the current interest rates, obviously it's going to work itself out. But some people still can, and you know they just have to. You know, it, for so many people, the right house is what dictates everything. They're not just sitting there waiting for rates to get to a certain point before they buy. Um, but I, I think what, uh, the situation I just mentioned is what a lot of people aren't thinking about is that the drop when rates drop back down into a reasonable range there's going to be a price to pay for that and the price is competition so keep that in mind
Okay, next thing we're going to talk about is kind of going back to the should we rent our house or should we sell it? Um, and, and this is uh, another thing that we commonly are helping our clients work through. And, you know, for people that haven't um, rented properties before, um, I, I think a lot of folks are concerned about, well, what if I get a tenant that ruins my property, right? And what if they don't pay? And all the things you hear about, what if they damage the property? That has kept so many people from renting. And I will tell you from personal experience, um, that is way overblown. People are doing it wrong, just flat out. Um, people are not good at, at selecting tenants and, and managing property. I prefer to self-manage my property. Um, and I, I counsel a lot of my clients to do this. Um, management companies are great, and a lot of people use them because they're worried about, you know, what if in the middle of the night the pipes break, and, you know, it's certainly a concern, but there, there's things we can do about that. But let's, let's first talk about managing the property or selecting tenants, I should say. So my the way that I operate on rentals is I select tenants like a bank selects borrowers, right? If somebody's going to be in my property, I'm looking for high credit score tenants. I have rented properties to people that made $150,000 a year, but had terrible credit, had like 500 credit. And they tell you, well, it's because X, Y, and Z, and it wasn't my fault. And those people every single time in my experience have left me high and dry. You know, I've had tenants call me and be like, well, I actually live in Florida right now and I just wanted to let you know I'm out of the, the property. And I'm like, well, your lease doesn't, uh, you're, you still have six months in your lease. And they're like, yeah, I'm sorry. That's the kind of thing that we see when you find tenants that have bad credit scores. And it just, you know, it's not illegal to discriminate based on credit score. You know, that's that's not uh, something that you can do. And I think that you should do if you're trying to, you know, have the easiest time and get the highest quality tenants. And luckily, we're in an area where it is, is fairly easy um, to find tenants that make good money and have great credit. Now, these people are going to turn over um, every one or two years, and you're going to have to find new tenants. But this is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, when you have a tenant that's in a property for 10 or 15 years, that's when they start to basically, you know, treat the property like it's their own, uh, make modifications that you didn't authorize, um, and, and accumulate a huge amount of stuff. And then when they do eventually turn over, it becomes this huge um, headache for landlords. So it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a property turn over, especially when Zillow makes it extremely easy to to find tenants. Um, Zillow has an awesome platform that I use on every single one of my rentals. And so essentially, t prospective tenants are able to upload their financial statements, their credit report, their criminal background, um, and even like employment contracts and W-2s um, so that every time they like a property, a potential rental, they just send it to the landlord. So before Zillow did this, you were having to show your rental property to tons and tons of people. And then a lot of times people would be like, I like it. And you'd be like, great. But then, you know, come to find out they have um, financials that aren't what you're looking for. So Zillow's basically made it very easy for you to say, okay, here's my property on Zillow. And then all of a sudden you just get all these applications to start coming into your inbox. Obviously this assumes that, you know, you've got the property priced correctly. 
if your rental rate is too high, this is you're going to be slow, just like any, just like selling a house. If it's overpriced, it's going to sit there. Um, but if you're pricing the property correctly, you're going to get um, a lot of folks inquiring about the property. Um, Fort Collins, regardless of where you are, you don't have to be near campus. Fort Collins is a very strong rental market, as does Windsor, Loveland. I mean, our entire area, um, you know, properties can be rented very easily. So my last property, I listed it. I started getting all these applications and I had a video tour of the property. So I had walked through and kind of narrated everything, gone into every room with my phone, taking a long video. Uh, same thing we do for, for showings with our buyers. If they can't be at a showing, we do a lot of video showings. Super helpful because when I would get these applications and somebody would say, yeah, I'm ready to go, um, I would basically just send them the video. Say, okay, you saw the pictures. Now I want to make sure that you have seen the property and I talk about the good and the bad parts of the property so that I kind of weed everybody out. Like if there's something that doesn't work for them, they're not going to, I'm not even going to have to go show the property. So on this particular one, this person was in California. They sent me the deposit before they'd ever even seen it. That video showing was good enough for them. It was what they wanted. So that just goes to show you how, if you're doing it right, how efficient it can be to rent a property out. Um, and so that consistent turnover of your high quality tenants doesn't have to be um, as painful. The other thing is, you know, so many, so many times people hire management companies, but they're, t they're taking um, 10% of the gross rents, right? So if you're renting a property for $3,000 a month, you know, they're taking $300 a month, nothing to scoff at. And a lot of people get frustrated with management companies because when there's a problem, something breaks, the management company marks up uh, the repair. Um, and so the repairs get expensive and they don't, a lot of times they'll use their own handyman and they won't use somebody that's, you know, a contractor experienced in that specific type of repair. So we've had a lot of clients complain about all different kinds of management companies over the years. And, you know, lately we're just telling people like self-manage and they're like, well, what if um, a water line breaks in the middle of the night? So here's what we do. We put um, a phone number for Allen service, which is a 24 hour uh, plumbing company. They're expensive, but they are around 24 hours. It's a big, well-run operation. And the other thing we do is show the tenants where, the um, water shutoff is so it's like if you ever have a water leak this is the first thing you do you go to this spot you turn this valve you shut off this water and then you call um you know this plumbing company and in our case we we recommend allen service again because they're 24 hour same thing for hvac so really the two like emergencies you're going to have most of the time is you know water leak or the furnace goes out in the middle of winter and Allen Service is going to be able to cover both of those issues at any time of the night. And it's actually more efficient. You know, a lot of times they call a management company and then the management company has to call their contractor and giving your tenant the authorization to say, hey, if there's an emergency and you can't get a hold of me, here's what you do. You go shut off the water or if the heat is not working, you call Allen Service. We have an account with them and... We want them to get out there and get the heat back on as soon as humanly possible. So, you know, in my experience, those are the emergencies. Everything else is just, hey, this broke, send a contractor out. This is stuff that people can easily handle. 
Um, and, you know, if you're going out of town, if you're, let's say you're going to be on, you know, someplace where you don't have cell service, you know, you can get a friend and you can call your tenant and say, hey, I'm just going to be gone, you know, and if you have something you don't know how to handle, call this person, they're a friend of mine, and they, they're familiar with the property and they can walk you through. So I think there's ways around it. And then you're going to put another, you know, two or 300 bucks a month in your pocket. And I think in a lot of cases, you're going to have just a, a better, you're going to feel better about having some control over those things. So I hope that gives you a, a kind of an overview of the process we go through to, to create more financial certainty for folks. Um, now let's start to get into like the logistics of the actual move. So first let's talk about the, the home search process. Again, we talked earlier about how looking over a long period of time is important. And f- especially for folks with kids, young kids, like just the process of going over the showing can be a good bit of brain damage for them. So, and because we think it's so important to look at a lot of properties, I mean, you could walk into like the most amazing property. If it's the first one you've seen or the first, even the first like two or three, you know, you're not going to have the confidence to buy that property because you're, you're not sure that you've seen enough and, and you know the market well enough and what you can get. So getting in a lot of reps, we say, let's get in the reps. A lot of times our clients say, well, I'm like, you know, probably three, four, five months out from actually being ready. And I'm like, should we, then and they'll t- ask us, is it okay to start looking at property? We say, yes, every single time. The more properties you see, the more confident you're going to be when the right one comes. And I actually saw a realtor the other day post on social media, how many homes should you look at before you um, buy one? And, it, and they said as few as possible. And I understand what they're trying to say. They're trying to be a, show their clients that they can be efficient with the home search. I actually think that's wrong. I I know that people need to see a lot of property. I've seen that over and over. Um, and a lot of times our clients will start apologizing to us. You know, once they've seen like 10 or 15, they're like, oh my gosh, we're never going to find a property and we must be your worst clients ever. And, you know, we kind of smile because literally everybody says that to us. And it's not, you know, that's part of the job. And we're out showing property every single day. And to add, you know, one or two to that day, you know, for a client of ours, it's not a big deal. We also have a team. So, you know, it's not like you're putting all this pressure on one person. Um, You know, we have a a team approach really helps you um, just for one, it helps you know that somebody's always available and also that the burden of the showings is not necessarily always falling on um, a single person. But also video showings, I think, are just an awesome way to make the home search more efficient. And more than half of our showings now are video showings anyway. So our client will be like, hey, I like this property. We run over or one of our team runs over and shoots a video, walks through, shows you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it shows up on your phone. You get to watch it. You know how obviously you look at photos on Zillow and obviously and, and photos can really lie um, and they don't show everything. But video walkthroughs really are a great representation. We've had tons of people buy sight unseen or at least put a property under contract sight unseen from a video and then fly into town, walk through the property. And I've still never had anybody say, man, this is re- really different than what I saw in the video. So... Because a lot of showings, people walk in, it takes them about 10 seconds to realize this is not right, you know, for whatever reason. And so if we can cut out those properties that you would have walked into and walked right out of with a video showing, like, let's do that all day long. It's more efficient for us and for you. So 
um, feel free to request those. But I think the meat and potatoes of this process of the total certainty method is saying to people, hey, let's buy your next house before you sell your current house. So here's how it works. For most people, they have a good chunk of equity in their current house. And they can use that equity as leverage in order to get a line of credit. And that can either come in the form of a bridge loan or a, we have investors that will give our clients cash to purchase on the next property. And so they will buy the next property, even though they haven't sold their old home. It's not even on the market yet. They'll put the next property under contract. They will close on it. And then, my favorite part of all, the movers come in. They don't just move your stuff. They pack your stuff. So as I said at the beginning, when we did this, I was so worried about packing and I told my wife like it, it literally could take us a month to pack our entire house and during that time everything's disheveled you're just living in this war zone of like you know boxes and your stuff's everywhere and the kids are like I need this toy and it's in a box and all that stuff it's terrible so you know we've got moving companies that will literally pack you pack every single thing you own they will disassemble beds they will take you know, artwork off the walls, pack it in protective boxes. So when I did this, I think I put like a change of clothes and my toothbrush in my backpack and literally did not pack anything else. They labeled everything, you know, you tell them, uh, you know, which room in the neck in the new house to put the boxes. And they showed up at 8am. My entire house was packed by three o'clock in the afternoon. Now it was, it was a smaller house. Obviously it's going to take a little longer, but they had I think there were six guys there and they just came in with the boxes and it was, I mean, these guys were machines and everything's packed up in, in one morning and I think it's the best money I've ever spent. I believe we spent about $1,800. It was, you know, we have a small, we had a smaller house at the time. So, um, 1800 bucks to basically save me you know three weeks of packing best money i've ever spent and a lot of our clients agree that when they do that um it's just completely transformative of this whole process so and then okay so let's go back to the kind of the timeline so you haven't sold your house you're still living in there you have a bridge loan or a cash line of credit to buy the new one you find a house because you have your financing all ready to go and especially if you do the cash line of credit thing you can you can find a house even especially if it's competitive you have cash baby like you know these lines of credit are awesome now they cost like two percentage points so if you're if you're buying a six hundred thousand dollar house it's going to cost you twelve thousand dollars to have a cash line of credit to buy that house but if you are tell <clears throat> telling the seller i don't i'm not getting a loan I don't have to go through an appraisal. I don't have to go through underwriting. And I can close in two weeks. You are going to be able to negotiate $12,000 off the price of that home every single time. And there are going to be times when people find a house that's competitive. And if they don't have that cash line of credit, they're, they might lose to somebody that has cash. And so just having that in your back pocket, having that available to you, you don't have to use it. But if you get it set up, it is an awesome way to go. Um, and so a lot of our clients, even if it's not necessarily competitive, they still do it because they it's so fast. They can negotiate 
an amount that makes up for the origination fee and then they're closing in two or three weeks and then they move in the packers pack all their stuff move all their stuff you can also pay for them to set everything up again and so you know you have really gone through this entire process in you know it can be as little as three weeks from the time you identify the property you can be absolutely set up moved in minimal disruption to your life okay but your old house hasn't sold right so that goes back to the financial certainty meeting um the prices that we're quoting you in these meetings are very conservative meaning if we're helping somebody buy and sell especially if they're buying another house first we have to tell them prices we guarantee we can deliver so a lot of times we're quoting them a price that is lower um, than maybe what other realtors are going to quote them because i don't want egg on my face you know if if i'm going to tell you that i can get x amount of money for your property i have to be able to deliver and so many realtors they try to win listing appointments so a listing appointment is a fancy term for when you meet a potential seller a lot of times people are interviewing multiple realtors and when the realtors know that part of what they do to win the listing is on top of like the marketing that they do they're like well i think we can get you this astronomical price or even if it's not astronomical um, sometimes it can just be higher than what they think it's actually worth and so at our financial certainty meetings, that's just not how we roll. And if we're going to lose a listing, that's fine. You know, it's like, that's not, I just don't want to do business that way. I want people to be pleasantly surprised. Say, hey, we thought we said we could get this, but actually the price that, that comes in is higher. That's how you need to plan in these situations. You need to say worst case scenario, this is, this is the price that we're going to get for our house. So you got everything packed. You're moved into the new house. The beautiful part about this is, one, you're already in the new house, minimal disruption, a two-day pack and move, and then the old house is empty. And this is the magic because so many times people are listing and selling their house. Their stuff isn't, you know, designer furniture. They've got dogs. It smells. They've got cats. They've got kids. There's toys everywhere. I mean... Living in your house when you sell your house is insane and it should be avoided at all costs when it can be. And in a lot of cases, it can be. So like whenever I see people like living in their house while it's on the market, I'm like, oh, you poor thing. You know, it could be so much easier. And I know there are some situations, sometimes people can't afford to purchase the new property um, before they sell the old one. Like that's hundred percent a thing, but that's again, part of that initial meeting. We're going to tell you all this. Can you, can you afford to do this? Um, and for folks that can afford it, man, it is just magic. They're moved into the new place and that's when we go to work. So you have an empty house, right? If you have carpet that needs to be replaced, our contractors come in, knock out the carpet. If there's paint that needs to be done, if there's punchless handyman stuff that needs to be done, you know, we have, that's one of the magic things about working with a good real estate broker is the, the contacts with all those people. You know, when you, a big part of being in this business is like, you've got to have great people, not just people like you Google search and hope that the contractor is good. It's people that you've worked with a lot and you know, 
have done a lot of work for you and you know they're going to show up and you can get them out there quickly and they're going to knock it out and do good work. And, you know, basically we call it the dream team, right? It's cleaners, it's drywallers, it's painters, it's flooring guys. And then even like a lot of times people have pet odor in the house. Um, We have a product we use um, called Procure and it's basically like a chlorine um, gas bomb and it, you know, you obviously can't be in the house when this goes off, but it deodorizes the house. Absolutely incredible product um, that we've used to really, um, you know, take listings that we were just smelled, you know, straight up pet odor. Um, and, and so you can do all this stuff very efficiently when the person's not living in the house. You know, the family has moved on. They're in their new house. They're getting all set up and they're really excited. And then we clean it up. And then staging, you know, staging is a huge part. Like I don't like to sell empty houses, houses without furniture feel smaller. People struggle to envision how the furniture is going to be set up in the house. And so, you know, we do all the punch list stuff. We stage it with designer furniture and this is all included. And these are not like asked, you know, the, the rates that we charge are not more than, you know, our competitors charge. We just do more um, for that for those rates and and a big part of that is because we're an independent firm you know a lot of people that remax have to pay you know 25 or 30 percent of the commission that you pay to those realtors is going to you know a big corporate entity or or you know a portion of it's going to corporate and then a portion of it's going to their brokerage that's one of the advantages that we have with an independent company um, is that we can spend more on this kind of stuff that makes your life easier we can also spend more on marketing and that's, you know, once we get the house cleaned up and we get the furniture, the design of furniture staged, you know, the marketing is something that we put a lot of, of time and energy into and money, you know, frankly. And so, you know, at any given time you put a property on the mar- on the MLS, all realtors put their houses on MLS. You know, if you look at a property on Zillow, if it's been on the market for a week, a lot of times it's gotten seven, eight hundred views, maybe a thousand if it's a popular listing. And that's great, right? Like you can sell a property with that many views. But we do so we do a lot on social media and we've realized like, man, you can get a lot of reach on social media, especially if you're doing video. Um, And so you know, we found that if we make video tours of these properties and we put them on social media, especially if we put money behind them, um, you know, a property that would have gotten a thousand views on Zillow in the first week is getting 50,000 views on social media. And obviously not everybody on social media is going to be like a high intent home buyer, but they're all going to be local. And if you see the sharing that happens with those listings, you know, it's really powerful. And so when we're able to like exponentially increase the number of people that see your property, that's the name of the game. You know, the name of the game in selling a house quickly for a top dollar is getting it in a great condition, cleaning it up, doing all the things, you know, to make it show well, staging it with designer furniture, pricing it correctly, and then showing it to a huge number of people. That's the magic formula. And when you do that, good things happen. Even in a market that is slow with the interest rates where they are, you can sell property in a week. And because you've already moved into the next house, you are not putting up with any showings. It's not like, you know, they're calling you and saying, oh my gosh, 
we need to get in in two hours and you're trying to, you know, get the kids to school and you're trying to clean. I mean, it's just an absolute nightmare if you've ever been through that process. You know, people that have had their home on the market for a month or two months um, and and have put up with, you know, 20 or 30 showings and have had to get the property in pristine condition for each one of those showings. I mean, it is really hard. And a lot of those people are, you know, just, I don't know how to say it. I mean, they're just really upset that it's taken so long. And especially because, you know, a year or two ago, properties were selling, all properties were selling in a week. And now just that, you know, that process is really hard on people. So that's why, you know, we put together this process. That's why we get really excited about it because it really, you know, when you, when you can help people just dramatically, um, make a really hard thing a lot easier, it's, it's super satisfying. So, and then if you decided to go the rental route, if you decided not to sell your house and rent it, we can help you, you know, do that. And, and we can do the, you know, the, get you dialed in on Zillow and help you um, find tenants and price the property as a rental and provide rental contracts and just show you all the ropes there if that's the route that you want to go. So so that is the total certainty method in a nutshell. hope you guys found this useful. Um, if this sounds intriguing to you, if you'd like to, to reach out and start talking to us, uh, please do so. Even if you are months away from... Um, actually pulling the trigger on a purchase. Uh, you know, it really, like we've talked about, um, planning in advance is the absolute most critical part of this in order to make it all go off um, smoothly. And also, this is a very labor-intensive process for us and, you know, the contractors that we employ and the stagers. Um, we need to to know, to hear from you in advance so that we can get these people lined up. You know, we have limited amount of staging furniture and, you know, the contractors that we have, we want them to know in advance when projects are coming up that they need to knock out. So um, the sooner you can reach out and um, in the show notes of this podcast, um, you can find it's Gray Rock Realty, grayrockrealty.com. You can go onto that website and just hit contact us. You can also shoot me a text, um, 970-689-0824. That number is in the description of the show notes of the podcast, but, or you can just Google Gray Rock Realty. Um, that's all you need to do. And again, it's Ryan Jenkins. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. It really means a lot that, that you listen to this. We put a lot of um, time and effort into this content and into the process that we described. And when it resonates with people, um, makes us really happy. So, so thanks again for listening. Your trust means the world to us and we hope you have an awesome day.